Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And now, it's the rest stop. Brad Restituto. Welcome to the rest stop, November 19th, Thursday, a live edition of the show. We come to you Tuesday to Thursdays, 9 o'clock Pacific time. You can download the Twitch app or on your computer or phone, go to www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Please support us there. Give us likes and subscribe. Got a good show for you tonight as we recap the Sunday night football action for first place in the NFC West. Arizona Cardinals took on the Seattle Seahawks. We do a little NBA draft recap. Of course, our Thursday picks. And uh, joining me as always, Spencer the Wiz. You can follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brad the Believer. And be sure to subscribe and like my YouTube channel. You can search that at Brad the Believer and find our podcast stuff. And then, of course, we'll be providing some more content on that channel in the upcoming weeks and months. Uh, but I want to start off today's show with uh, some COVID 19 discussion because here in, in America, uh, we're getting back to uh, a second wave of the virus and a lot of talks of another shutdown. And some cities across the United States are already doing some shutdowns. And for me, it's unfortunate because people like me and a lot of people I know uh, are really living day to day, paycheck to paycheck. And on the media and on the news, there's a lot of talk about politics and a lot of talk about civil unrest. Not a lot of talk about the Americans day to day that are struggling with mental health issues and as parents and family members trying to play the dual role of educator, parent, breadwinner. Uh, it's a lot of stress, a lot of mental anguish on some people, and it's overwhelming uh, because we don't have the access and the support necessary for the people and the citizens of this country to help us live comfortably. And it's almost inevitable if we continue to go in this direction that we're going to have another financial uh, collapse, so to speak, another type of depression. Because I just don't see how when things are shut down and people aren't able to make a living and they're not getting any help or assistance, uh, how we can strive and and have cash flow and, and money flow into the economy. So uh, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, it's unfortunate that we're so still divided as people and that we can't seem to look out for one another because 
us as the human race, that's really all we have. All we have is each other. And I think if we were able to put that in perspective and realize uh, that your fellow man and woman, your neighbor, your brother, your sister, your best friend, uh, people in your workplace, in your community, um, on your Facebook page, on your Twitter page, uh, these are what we have as people. These are our fellow men and women. And uh, we should be looking out for one another and we should be taking care of one another. I I hear story after story each and every day. uh, Talk to somebody, in the banking community on the phone, somebody here locally uh, in the Las Vegas media that has had COVID. Uh, this gentleman I spoke to on the phone uh, talked about how he wears a mask and gloves everywhere. And he feels like he got it from people that were working on his car, not wearing masks or gloves. Uh, it's just unfortunate, you know, uh, here in, in Nevada and Las Vegas, uh, where myself and Spencer reside, you're supposed to be wearing masks at all times. If you're out in public, which I think me and Spencer, we can speak for ourselves. We try to do, um, but there's a lot of points of contact at gas stations, at grocery stores. When you're touching things, uh, you would hope that there's access to hand sanitizer at every point of contact, but that's not always the case. Uh, me and my girlfriend are doing Instacart to try to survive right now. So we're in grocery stores every day trying to make money. Uh, it's not the ideal situation, but it's what we have to do to survive in this pandemic where, you know, politicians are out there talking about American citizens milking the system and not wanting to go back to work and being incentivized not to go back to work. They're sadly mistaken. There's not full-time work to go back to for most of us. And if there is full-time work, it doesn't pay a living wage. And I've been in the apartment I'm in for over five years now. And my rent started off at $650 a month for a one bedroom. It's now up over 900. And each and every year where my rent goes up, Uh, Any job I've worked at, they don't give a yearly review and access where you're at and give you a raise, which jobs should do on a yearly basis. They should reevaluate where you're at and give you a raise based on inflation and economic situation. That doesn't happen in this country very often. Uh, It's something we have to start demanding as um, working class citizens. You know, not everybody that I know, including myself and and my girlfriend, uh, have jobs that have great insurance benefits, medical, dental Um, or pay a great wage where they can support a family. Uh, You know, I can't even, if I wanted to start a family right now, I could not support a family based on the money that's out there that's getting paid for regular jobs. Uh, American people deserve to be treated fairly. We deserve opportunity. And there's not a whole plethora of opportunity, especially in the middle of a pandemic. And it's going to, in my opinion, it's going to take quite some time before we can get out there. Uh, We really live in in 2020 and in this generation as an entrepreneurial generation where you have to kind of find and create business on your own, uh, create your own revenue streams. And uh, sometimes it's easier said than done. It's, It's important to have great people around you that believe in you, that you can trust, that you can help build things with. And, and that's not always easy to find. Uh, I'm fortunate here on the rest stop to have somebody like Spencer the Wiz that uh, is kind of right by my side and helps me do a lot of things that make this show run uh, graphically and and as kind of the co-host of the show and, and someone right by my side. And he's a valuable asset uh, to me and he's great at what he does uh, in sports and in media and in, in uh, technical aspects of, of computer and but there's not a lot of Spencer the Wizards walking around that uh, are wanting to uh, help other people as long as helping them themselves in their own career. So um, I know that's a, a bit of a rant and ramble there about what's going on. But basically what it comes down to with this whole COVID stuff is, is try to look out for one another. 
Uh, if you can wash your hands and sanitize your hands frequently at points of contact, that's a great thing to try to do. Uh, I'm definitely not an advocate of people being cooped up in their houses and not having the freedom to feel like uh, they can go out and live their lives. Uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate how this COVID-19 affects people differently. There's people that walk around absolutely asymptomatic and there's other people that catch symptoms and they end up in the hospital in less than a week fighting uh, for breath and, and to really live a comfortable life. We don't have enough consistent information that's being spread out about this and the different strands to have clear and concise uh, info on, on how to move forward. The great thing and the good thing is that I think is true uh, that we've heard here in the last 72 hours or so is Pfizer has come and they're confident in a vaccine that's over 94, 95% effective. Uh, they're thinking that part of that is going to get uh, approved to be rolled out towards the end of this month and should be available for public consumption, I would say, in the first few months of 2021. And that'll be great news. Uh, every, there's a lot of differentiating opinions on that vaccine. I, I don't have a, a clear one on my own, my own opinion right now. Uh, I'm still going to do some more research uh, before I come to a conclusion about how I want to handle that. Fortunately for me, up to this point, I have not had any symptoms. I've been tested twice. Uh, once about four weeks ago, came back negative. My second test was today. I'll get the results back from that in a few days, but uh, it's, it, it's quite the interesting predicament. We're, we're all very foreign to what's going on here in 2020. It's hit us all differently. We've all had different ideas and perspectives of the way that this virus has impacted us. Uh, but as my man Tay jumped in and said, uh, you know, keep pushing. And that's what we, we all have to do. We all have to kind of remember um, that we are each other's brother's keeper. And if that doesn't make sense to a lot of people, uh, we've got to be a family, a, a family uh, of one. Uh, and it's got so lost amongst this political garbage and amongst what's going on. But we really have to try uh, to look out for one another and get through this. Uh, and on the other side, hopefully this vaccine makes a lot of people feel uh, more comfortable moving forward. And it really kind of puts a dagger in this COVID-19 because here in Las Vegas, we really have got to get back to travel and tourism. We've got to get conventions back in this town and get this blood flowing in Las Vegas, in my home city where I live. And it's going to be tough economically to get back and type in a flow and I think it's going to be an uphill battle. Uh, like I said, there's just not a lot of full-time jobs available uh, for people to get. Now, we have a new property opening up in the summer of 2021, and the circuit just opened up. Uh, it's going to be tough, though. People are going to want to hold on and hoard their money uh, to try to have a little bit of a nest egg. So it's going to take a little while to get the cash flow rolling back in the economy. But I just hope uh, that people don't panic too much. We want everyone to enjoy their holiday seasons with their loved ones. Uh, but not be careless. And I hate to, to throw shade out there, uh, but in my opinion, the optics were not good for some of the guys in the NBA draft last night. And Spence, you could speak to this too, as they showed uh, number three overall pick LaMelo Ball, uh, the greatest day of his life getting drafted in the NBA, but it looked like he had about 75 people in his crew uh, enjoying the draft. Now, most of them had masks, but some of their masks were pulled down. And to me, that's just careless. It's one thing having 15, 20 people, but having like 50 plus people, Spence, uh, that's insane to me. Nobody should be gathering in 50 
plus or more people that aren't socially distanced. Now at stadiums, if you want to have a few thousand and they're socially distanced and you're doing the right thing, that's one thing. But the way that he had it set up at the ball compound, that's insane to me, Spencer. No, for sure. It, it was pretty noticeable too. All the other families, you know, kept it like mom, dad, sisters. It kind of seemed to be the way they went about it. And some of them weren't wearing masks, but that's okay. If it's inside the same household, from what I understand that that's fine uh, because they're around each other anyways all the time. But you can't have a party. Like you could definitely tell like they didn't just all go home after that. I'm sure they stayed all night and, you know, were drinking and celebrating and stuff. And I just think you have to be a little more responsible than that. The first shot of LeVar was just him not wearing him, like basically just not wearing the mask at all. Um, so it's a little disappointing uh, to see something like that, especially on national broadcast and TV, because he has the most Instagram followers. I, I don't know if that's worth anything, but he definitely has a lot of kids watching him. So when they see stuff like that, they probably, you know, at least some of them think it's going to be all right to do stuff like that too. Spence, let's jump into the sports. Uh, Sunday night, or I'm sorry, Thursday night football, NFC West showdown uh, to see who takes control of first place in the division. The Seahawks, they get the win tonight. They snap a two-game losing streak. They take care of the Cardinals 28-21. Kyler, Kyler Murray had an opportunity late in that game to try to have another miracle. It fell short this time, and the Seahawks did enough to hold off the Cardinals, and they get a nice win here, avenging their loss to the Cardinals just a few weeks ago, and they take sole possession of first place in the NFC West right now. Nice win for the Seahawks tonight. What did you see, Spence? Well, first, I'll address this because did, this did go back to last week. The color of my lightsaber that I made at Disney was red. And I was the only person at the little, because they do a whole show, basically, to make your lightsaber and make it all dramatic. They better because you pay a lot. It's like $178 or something like that. I was the only person inside the room to do red, and everyone looked at me bad. So there, there's the, the burning question, Brian Bravo. I'm glad you finally got the answer. Um. But for me, the big story actually from this game was discipline on both sides a little bit, but for sure this, the uh, the Cardinals. And it's just for a team that has trying to progress further and actually make a statement in the playoffs. I just think there's no they have no chance now uh, from what I've seen today. They, they might make the playoffs, especially in this expanded wild card spot. And the Raiders are dangerously close to having a canceled game because if you listen to my show last week, I, find, I revealed that the NFL's has a contention plan if they cancel games, they're not making an extra week. They're going to have a fourth wild card spot. And obviously the Cardinals seem to be in place for that. But I expect nothing from them. This is a team I fully expect to be bounced in the first round, no matter who they play. When it comes to playoff football, you got to be a disciplined team. You can't have these stupid, you know, they get a big stop to make it fourth down, and then they punch somebody in the face, and it's a 15-yard penalty. That's the real reason they lost the game. It was a touchdown game. They scored a touchdown on that drive. So it's pretty uh, clear cut for me on that. Um, the Seahawks looked like they finally were a little better defensively, although Kyler Murray didn't have his best game of the season. And we talked about it for the show. He isn't exactly a talented passer. Now, is he better than LeVar, uh, Lamar Jackson? Probably, but that's that's a pretty low bar to clear, honestly. Yeah, Kyler Murray, he has the arm talent, you know, former, former baseball player, I believe, uh, first round pick of the A's. He's just not consistent with his accuracy. And that's an important thing to have at that position, especially if you want to make some noise in the playoffs. That's one thing Russell Wilson is a lead at and Kyler Murray needs some improvement. So look, the Cardinals along with Murray have one of the top rushing attacks in the league because of his legs. He's got to be more consistent in his accuracy. He missed a big third down pass to Deandre Hopkins in that game. That would have extended a drive. You mentioned the undisciplined on both sides 
from both teams were really some, some bad mistakes there. And Spence, we got into this last show about the NFC as a whole. I mean, let's talk about it again. When you come playoff time, which team stands out to you as the front runner? It looks to me like any team that makes it into the dance from the NFC on any given day can beat the other team. And I think that from a defensive perspective that there's no team defensively that stands out to me as elite in the entire NFC playoff landscape. This is a relatively weak defensive year, in my opinion. Now, some of that could maybe come from, you know, less like less time to prepare. And I think teams are actually playing a little better defensively. So basically they're catching up, like usually try to fix those things in the preseason and then you move along and maybe that's what we're seeing now. And maybe that's what we're seeing from the Seahawks, although they seem to be lacking a lot of talent, especially on the front four. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the Seahawks should definitely be in the front runner, uh, but there's also teams like Green Bay who just look like they can't beat the Jaguars sometimes. So like you said, it is if this is a year if like during the trade deadline where you should have been as aggressive as possible because this is like the this looks like the east of the NBA, meaning that any single team can make the the Super Bowl and like just like the Miami Heat did uh, make the finals. It's wild. In Green Bay, their run defense has been exposed here in the last month as anybody that faces them is running up and down the field on them. So if you keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, it gives you a really good opportunity to win. And you mentioned the Jaguars fought them tooth and nail this past Sunday. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who a lot of people like with Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Gronk, they're inconsistent week to week. They'll play a Giants team that's a two-point conversion away to sending them to overtime. Uh, they'll lose to a Chicago Bears team who have been on an uh, intense downfall since they beat the Buccaneers. So what do you expect out of the Bucs from week to week? If, if you find a defense that can put together a good defensive package against Brady, you can get to him. You know he's not going to move around in the pocket too much. And as far as the Saints go, uh, things are up in the air. Drew Brees got a second opinion this past week. Collapsed lung, bruised ribs, broken ribs. So Jameis Winston's going to take control. It's going to be him and Taysom, Taysom Hill's offense to see how far they can take uh, the Saints. I personally think the Saints may be better with those guys leading the charge. We'll see how they fare this coming Sunday against Atlanta. Uh, but like we just said, Spence, up in the air, the NFC is kind of wide open for a team to take control. So this is the rest stop. We come to you every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. If you missed the show live, make sure you check out the podcast form. You can find it on Google, Spotify, Audio Boom, Apple Podcasts. Search Landry Football Conference Call, and the rest stop will be underneath there. So make sure you like and subscribe there. And Spencer the Wiz, he has his own show going on called Delivering Sports here locally on Fridays. Spence, tell the listeners out there what you've got going on and how they can watch your show. Yeah, so I'm, I'm your Friday night talk show. Uh, Brad, you'll be on with me tomorrow, uh, which is really nice. Um, so that starts at 7 p.m. local time. It'll be on our on my Twitter feed. I'm trying to funnel everybody like through all my content, through AdSense or the Waves. Just, it's the easiest way because I have so many different things going on at a time. Uh, and if I also run my YouTube page, Blue Milk Boys Gaming, which is growing pretty big. And also the regular Blue Milk Boys podcast is back. So if you like The Mandalorian, it's the perfect companion podcast we just released another episode yesterday for episode three and it's just we have a lot of fun <laughs> our last show we started off by guessing cameo prices for celebrities spence can you believe it we're one week away from thanksgiving i mean can you believe that that we're already almost done with 2020 thanksgiving is one week from thursday 
Yeah, I'm I'm two weeks away from graduating college too. That's a that's a little that's a bigger thing for me. I'm just so ready. Yeah, Spence. So we'll we'll either pre-record or, or we'll do a replay of a show for Thanksgiving Thursday next week. We'll figure that out um, as Thanksgiving will be a Thursday from now. We got to get our picks in, so we maybe pre-record and play that. We'll figure that out uh, sometime this week. Spence, let's get into some NBA news. I want to start off with Clay Thompson. Uh, the Warriors All-Pro, All-Star, uh, All-NBA guard is going to miss his second straight season with a ruptured Achilles tendon. He did this in, in a workout practice yesterday, I believe. He's going to miss two straight seasons returning from an ACL tear. To me, this is heartbreaking, Spence, because for me, my personal all-time favorite NBA player is Klay Thompson. I just love his game. I love him. And, and I've been watching NBA basketball for over 35 years. And I was big with the Jordan Bulls of the 90s, uh, the Knicks. I mean, you name it. I've been a basketball fan my whole life. Clay Thompson, for me, has just been the silkiest, smoothest shooter. Uh, For my money, he's a top three shooter to ever lace him up. Uh, And when I say top three, uh, not third. (laughs) So, uh, and that's that's my opinion. I think it's a good argument, but Clay Thompson is my all-time favorite player. I love Clay Thompson, and to see this injury, and apparently Vegas thinks highly of Clay Thompson also, as the Warriors went from eight to one in the Western Conference from to a hundred to one in some places. And I think the James Wiseman draft pick yesterday was great because I think we haven't seen a lot of James Wiseman since he only played three college basketball games, but I think he's an athletic big who can do a lot more than a lot of the bigs that are in the NBA right now offensively and athletically. Uh, that's my opinion. But this is just heartbreaking for Clay. It's heartbreaking for Warriors fans and for Clay Thompson fans. Uh, Spence, what are your thoughts when you when you heard this news that Clay Thompson going to miss his second straight season with an injury? I, I have one major thought about this, and I'm excited to talk about this tomorrow as well. Uh, I'm going to try to bring in at least one other person for this topic the 73 win season, I think it ruined all of their careers. And I know that sounds weird to say, but we've talked about resting. I mean, that's been a big conversation. People say don't they don't like resting, but they went all in on the regular season for no reason. The regular season doesn't matter. And everyone's everyone's already forgotten it, in my opinion, uh, because they lost in the finals. They put everything into their season, and I think they just tore down these guys like internally. And I also would like to blame the Golden State staff. And I know it sounds weird because technically he's the one on the court and he's the one who just fell awkwardly, I'm guessing, during practice. But Steph Curry has had continual problems and they have just not been able to fix it. This is now two injuries. And then they got a lot of flack for Kevin Durant uh, tearing his Achilles because they overextended him. So I I don't know if anyone's talking about this yet, but I'm definitely going to be the first to introduce it. I blame the Warriors organization completely for ruining Klay Thompson's career and potentially Kevin Durant. Well, Spence, uh, I didn't expect that. That's a strong take, and uh, I haven't really had time to marinate on that, so I, I don't know where I stand there. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to make a quick judgment on what you said right there. It's definitely something to think about. Uh, you made a lot of solid points with some of the injuries that have happened with Steph Curry. This is now back-to-back season-ending injuries for Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant. Uh, we saw that. Uh, I'm very interested to do my research on the Golden State Warriors medical staff and to get some more information here. That's a strong take from Spencer the Wiz. You can follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz and Delivering Sports is the show he does here locally in Las Vegas on AM 1400 KSHP. So make sure you show Spencer the Wiz love. And he's 
with me on the rest stop every Tuesday and Thursday, nine o'clock Pacific time. Spence, uh, I just want to hit a little bit more uh, on the Clay Thompson uh, story. How do you come back from this injury? Now, uh, I am nowhere near an NBA caliber player. Uh, I recently have come back from a foot fracture that kept me out over seven weeks. I feel pretty good. Um, you know, I didn't do any crazy rehabbing. And, and when I get out and play now, it's nowhere near uh, to the uh, type of exuded energy or cuts that these guys have to make to guard NBA level talent. I, I still pace myself pretty much, but I feel pretty decent. Uh, for an NBA player, the type of rehab and the type of strain you have to put on your body to be able to get out there and defend offensively and get out and do what you do well. Uh, I'm sorry, to defend defensively and get, and get out and do what you do well offensively is a lot of effort and a lot of rehab to get back to make sure that you don't repeat a similar injury or you don't put too much strain on there. Uh, Spence, this has got to be starting off mentally extremely excruciating for Clay Thompson to, to figure out a path back to being the old Clay Thompson. And when, when we see him back on the court, what is that going to look like? He's not someone that overextends himself. He's not a high flyer. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. We, we've seen him score 37 points in one quarter and maybe take three dribbles. So if somebody can come back from this injury and still be uh, close to what they were, I think Clay Thompson can, given what his game looks like. Uh, but mentally, this has got to be just – one of the toughest things he's ever endured coming back from an ACL and now an Achilles, which in the eighties and nineties people did not come back from. Uh, if you're Clay Thompson, what are you thinking right now? And what does the road look like getting back to being an all NBA player? Like you were before these injuries. Yeah. I, I think that's the last of an all NBA guy that we see. Um, it, it's unfortunate, you know, and it's obviously not his fault at the end of the day, he just tore his Achilles and sometimes that happens uh, but I know he invested basically all, like everything into this recovery, which is not a lot of guys can do. Not a lot of guys have that energy. It wouldn't surprise me to see him retire, to be honest with you. Maybe not now because he's thinking in his mind, let's get back into it. I know this sucks, but let's do it. But I think once he's, I don't know, four months into his recovery and he'll realize that he still has, I don't know, seven months left to go before he can go back on the court, that's going to be pretty demoralizing for the guy. Uh, so... If he does it, dude, he he's a he's a better guy than I am. Very similar to Alex Smith. I know he didn't have back to back injuries, but Alex Smith's injury was obviously more severe than a torn Achilles. So if he does it, what can you really expect from him? That that bounce you have in your foot, just mentally too. I I can't imagine he'll he'll be all there. It's impossible. Uh, Benny Superfly, if you're still there, put up his uh, his quote here. And I want to talk about Ben specifically because Ben is a military guy and he's one of the uh, most mentally strong guys and of character that I that I know in the city. And he's come back from a, a lot of injuries, like nagging injuries. He Ben does uh, like rugby, football, basketball, like lifting weights. And I've seen him rehab in the gym doing stuff. And, and he's he's got work ethic second to none. I, I'm just curious, Ben, from from your perspective. Like not everybody has the mentality. I mean, if you're an NBA player, you're coming back from a torn ACL and then an Achilles back-to-back losing two straight seasons. I mean, Ben, what are your thoughts? Can he come back from this and be the same player and 
as effective as a player as he was before? I think he can. I think he's one of the most talented shooters of all time. He's my favorite player. Uh, but, God, this has got to be tough. But, look, Bravo, uh, Ben, these guys in the chat, they make good points, Spence. Alex Smith almost had to have his effing leg amputated. He he was, like, facing death at one point. And he's back as a starter in the NFL. Can you let that sink in for a second, Smith? Did you see the E60 about him and his leg? I mean, the thing was mangled. The dude had some intense rehab, and he's back on an NFL field starting for the Washington football team. That is insane to me. That's why I'm such a fanboy for Alex Smith and the Reds and the football Washington football team. This dude almost lost his leg. So to see Clay Thompson, I know mentally this has got to be tough. But we're in a different day and time. This is not the Joe Dumars Achilles of the 90s where he never made it back. Guys are making it back from almost losing their lives and being productive players in their professional league. So that being said, I mean, I'm not going to count Clay Thompson out. No, I'm not counting him out. I'm just saying I don't think there's any way we'll see him be what he was before these injuries. And also, like, basketball is a lot more technical I would say then football, football is a lot more physical game. So it's a little, I don't know if it's easier to come back, but I, I can't imagine his, his shooting rhythm is going to be uh, nearly what it was before. Well, he, he's definitely going to have to put in a lot of work to get there. So I think we're all rooting for Clay Thompson here at the rest stop. And uh, I still think the Warriors will be pretty competitive this year. Uh, I, I think with James Wiseman, uh, I really like that selection. I think Draymond Green, they just picked up Kelly Oubre in a trade this year. I think the Warriors will still be competitive in the West. The West is deep. We've talked about that here on the show, but we'll see how that shapes up. Spence, last night, uh, the pandemic 2020 NBA draft, and you were all fired up for the NBA draft last night. The number one pick, Anthony Edwards, went to the Minnesota Timberwolves, the uh, stretch or I wouldn't say stretch, but I'd say the uh, wing from the University of Georgia, coached by Tom Crean. He goes first overall. Uh, we talked about James Wiseman, second to the Golden State Warriors, and the most notable guy of the draft last night, LaMelo Ball, goes third to the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Spence, start off by talking about your thoughts on the top three guys. It was pretty much unanimous that they were going to be the top three, but not necessarily in that order. Talk about them first. Can't hear you there, Spence. So let's uh, unmute you here. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you now. Go ahead, Spence. Sorry about that. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Anthony Edwards obviously goes first overall. It doesn't surprise me technically that they selected him, but I will say I think it was the wrong choice. You got a ball-dominant guard in D'Angelo Russell, obviously, and a very ball-dominant center in Carl Anthony Towns. So what you're essentially adding is a, a Kroger brand James Harden to your team, who they drafted on metrics alone. He shot 40% in college. I think he was like 32% from three. A guy who obviously can score in all three levels pretty comfortably. He's extremely athletic, probably the most explosive athlete from the draft. This is a guy who has no effort on defense, something that the Timberwolves desperately needed as well. What they should have done is traded, traded back and taken Okongwu, uh, but clearly they weren't interested. I know they were fielding offers, so that must have been really bad for them not to consider because I don't see how Anthony Edwards fits in this. Uh, so that's how I feel about the number one overall pick. I think they should have gone LaMelo if they were going to take someone first overall. 
Uh, I know that's a little, people say, oh, well, I don't know about that. Well, people say D'Angelo can't play two, but he had his best game of his career when he was forced to play the two guard for the Lakers way back in the day. So I think it can definitely work. He just hasn't had a chance to do it in his entire career because when we went to Brooklyn, he was also the primary ball handler, ball handler and scorer. Now, moving on to James Wiseman, obviously, this is a guy who is pretty much a question mark, someone who has the metrics to be good defensively, but ultimately isn't. Now, you can say that he worked on that in the offseason, but there's nothing like playing on the court. So we'll have to see about that. This is a guy whose game on the outside is also a bit of a question. But at the end of the day, he's extremely athletic. They'll be able to hide him to an extent because of Danny Green. It's not like you're going to be facing centers every night like Jonas Valanciunas and Rudy Gobert, or they're really going to be pounding the rock inside. So I think he'll be fine in that sense. And if anyone's going to hide him defensively, it's going to be Golden State, who's done that for Steph Curry his entire career. Uh, just don't expect him to be Andrew Bogut is kind of the main point I'm getting here. Uh, but what you lack in defensively, you're obviously getting an athleticism on the pick and roll. Although even to that, I'll say uh, Golden State traditionally is horrible in the pick and rolls. Why they got rid of D'Angelo Russell. They should have never picked him up in the first place. It was basically a mistake. Um, and now they're stuck with Andrew Wiggins. It'll be okay. He's going to score a lot of points for them because it's just he's just going to have so much spacing, although that gets a little more difficult now that Clay Thompson's out. But nonetheless, I think he'll probably average somewhere around that 12 to 14 points per game in his rookie season. Spence, uh, moving on to Spence, let me ask yeah. you a question real quick about first overall pick Anthony Edwards. I have not watched any tape on Edwards, but the way that he was described, Minnesota just traded away a former top pick, Andrew Wiggins. Is there any comparison in Wiggins' game to Anthony Edwards? Uh, athleticism for sure. I mean, that was the main draw for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, but his skill set. Like the package that he has, I would say, skill set wise, is much better than Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins just is a high volume shooter. That's kind of what it comes down to. And so is Anthony Edwards, but he has a much uh, better ability to get to the rim, make the Euro step, shoot from anywhere on the court at all times. Uh, that's that's what you're drafting him for is potential because he is not a finished product at all. And this is a guy, again, who I, uh, I mentioned shot very poorly in college. Uh, from all parts of it but in the fast break he's going to be a much better commodity he's better than Andrew Wiggins but again I, I feel like that's a pretty low bar to clear especially for a Timberwolves team that just hasn't made the playoffs basically in my lifetime all right Spence I'm sorry to interrupt you continue with uh, your assessment on the third overall pick LaMelo Ball yeah so LaMelo Ball is a guy who doesn't know how to play defense at all unlike his brother Lonzo before he doesn't have a defense, he makes up in ball handling. I think he's going to be one of the best ball handlers in the league from day one, uh, which is a very rare commodity. He's also probably going to be one of the best passers in the league. Uh, so uh, other he's probably better passer than Tyrese Halliburton, and that's a very hard, uh, high bar to clear who ended up falling in the draft. So this is a really interesting Charlotte Hornets team because now they have Devontae Graham. Uh, I suspect that they're going to be trading away um, – I can't think of his name. He played for the Celtics and he's been with them now. Terry Rozier. Yes, Terry Rozier. I, I totally suspect them to do that because they're going to want Lonzo to start from day one or LaMelo to start from day one. Uh, and Terry Rozier just never fit a place anyways. But they, they got much more production out of Devonta Graham than they could have ever suspected. But I think that'll be a nice one-two combo. And they, now you have guys like P.J. Washington and also Mikhail Bridges. Now they don't have anybody at the center position, but you can only build uh, one at a time which is funny because if you look at a team like the Pistons, they thought they had to make a whole new starting lineup in one draft, which is embarrassing because this is a below average draft at best. Uh, but still, I, I, I'm very excited to watch the Charlotte Hornets. Um, and uh, 
they aren't so they weren't too far away from the Roy Hibbert Kemba Walker days. So it's it's crazy to see how fast they've turned around their franchise, a team that's been embarrassing for a long time to finally seem to be making the right decisions. Uh, we'll just have to see if Lamelo's game translates in terms of his shooting. It's another guy who can pay, technically speaking shoot from all three levels, but his shot his shot selection is definitely one of the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> Spence, uh, I want to talk more about that Charlotte Hornets backcourt. Can Devontae Graham easily transition to the two position? And if so, what does it look in your eyes? What does it look like with a, a ball Graham backcourt? I am interested to see because Devontae Graham seemed to be a ball dominant kind of scorer. So it depends on if he can uh, kind of be a catch and shoot guy. I don't know if we've seen that yet. But if there's going to be anyone to put him in a positive scoring position, it's going to be LaMelo. So he's going to get all the chance in the world to basically develop his game into being that. Uh, I think they can work together. I just think Devontae Graham's going to have to put a lot more time. But obviously a guy who no one suspected to be good uh, is as good as he is. Clearly is pretty interested in putting the time necessary to be a successful basketball player. So, And they have talent all over the place now. So they should be... I'm not going to say they're a playoff team, but they should be fighting for one. They should be the ninth seed for sure. If they aren't, then that's a big step back for them. Well, Spence, before the COVID shutdown last year, they weren't in seeding to be in the playoffs, but they had a lot of really unexpected wins, and they were competitive in a lot of games that first month of the season. Is there any chance we see Graham coming off the bench as a sixth man? Maybe to start the season, but like I said, I think Terry Rozier is definitely going to be the one to go. He's the oldest of all those guys, and he also just doesn't look very comfortable. He hasn't been very good for Charlotte. They should have never picked him in the first place. It was a very embarrassing move in free agency to start off with, like to ask him to be basically a franchise point guard, which he's never been, and he never will be. He's just not talented enough. Uh, You're going to get something for him because someone's going to find value in in basically a Dennis Schroeder clone, and we just saw – that the Lakers gave up a first round pick for that. So I think you'll see something similar in Charlotte. Uh, Spence being from Orlando, uh, I haven't been a diehard magic fan in about 15 years, but I still root for them and follow them. I really like their pick with Cole Anthony. Uh, I think he may move into that starting lineup fairly easily. And I like him alongside Nick Vucic and Aaron Gordon. If he's back healthy, they've been a team that have won playoff games in the last couple of years. I think if Anthony can stay healthy, maybe he takes them to another tier. I wouldn't say elevates them quite uh, to compete for Eastern Conference title, but we've seen the Miami Heat elevate fairly quickly. So I think the Magic may be one or two moves away from being even more competitive than they have been the last couple of years. What are your thoughts on the Magic? They're such a team that's just stuck in the mud. They should have never re-signed Gordon. They should have never uh, re-signed their small forward, Terrence Ross. Um, I like the pickup in Markel Fultz. It was a very buy low. He seems to be doing a little better now. Uh, but Cole Anthony is a great value version of Lou Williams. So we'll have to see if he can actually develop his game to kind of be up to that level. Because there's the same player. They're just a small guard who can uh, is very aggressive when it comes to scoring and is very talented, can make any shot on the court. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, they should have restarted, in my opinion. Again, like I said, that's that's kind of my news because they're just going to be okay. They're just going to be an AC that gets uh, blown out. Uh, every single year in the AC. And I know it sounds wrong to say to tank, uh, but if there's any year to tank, it's going to be this year because the 2021 draft is much more better, is much better, I should say, uh, than this this year's draft for sure. I don't think there's any all-stars in this draft. Spence, before we move on to our Thursday NFL picks, uh, give me two or three guys coming into the 2021 draft that you think could be uh, just top-of-the-line players. 
Yeah, so I think the actual two best players in this draft are Denny Advia. I say Denny Advia. <laughs> I can't say his name, but he's from Israel. Uh, he's kind of the light version of Luka Doncic in a sense. Uh, he's a little bigger, uh, but he, is, he needs to get uh, better with his strength. But that comes along. I said the same thing about Anthony Davis, and now look at him. He's one of the strongest players in the league. So that's the cool thing about strength. That's usually one of the things that you can work on. Like fundamentals are very difficult to learn once you get into the league because you're just playing every day. You don't have time to practice on your uh, on the weak parts of your game. He's a guy who can almost run an offense. He he'll work best as a secondary play playmaker. They need to get another one, but that's a great start for Chicago. Who finally. Or did he? No, no, he didn't even go to Chicago. Excuse me, Chicago made the worst pick in the draft. Patrick Williams at number four. He ended up going to the uh, Washington Wizards, who that might be enough to keep Bradley Beal, especially if John Wall comes back. The three of them might be a decent trio for sure. So I was a huge fan of that. And the fact that he had fallen so far, the fact that the Knicks had picked Obi Toppin over him is other another kind of complete embarrassment in this draft. Uh, the Knicks once again passing up on guys like Shea, Gal- Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, and that year they picked Kevin Knox, who obviously stinks. Uh, the second pick I'd like to talk about is Tyrese Hallenburton, who should definitely, he's the best point guard in the draft. The fact that the Pistons took uh, Killian Hayes over him, that's just, it just talks about the Pistons basically as a franchise in general, how bad they, how bad they are at uh, drafting. And they picked up a bunch, they picked up too many draft assets from this, but I don't know how he's going to fit in Sacramento. I've, maybe that's a signal that they get rid of Buddy Heald. Uh, but basically, I, I think when it came to it, they're like, this guy's on, on the board. We have to take him. There's no way he should be here right now. I think if you can get a, a guy like that in the draft, it's a 100% necessity. Spence, I, I, I want to get just a couple guys neck for next year's 2021 draft. You said it's going to be D for draft. Can you give me one or two guys that may be coming out in 2021 that you think uh, can really stand out? Um, yeah, give me one second. I'll pull it up and I'll tell you some guys who I'm particularly interested in. Um, I like Cade Cunningham for sure. I think he's going to be a guy. He's probably going to go first overall, barring a bad season. And I also love Zaire Williams, who I believe is playing for Stanford, a guy who is going to be compared to Paul George. So we'll see as the college season progresses. I mean, that's really going to be the ultimate tell, but those are two guys who I'm really zoning in on. And maybe the Gears will have a chance, someone like that, considering how loaded the West is. Hopefully, hopefully college basketball gets moving and flowing this year, and we have a March Madness. We'll have to wait and see. They're expected to get rolling with college hoops here in the next couple months. And uh, hopefully we get to see March Madness, something we haven't seen in quite some time. So, Spence, every Thursday we do our NFL pick segment against Spread. Last week, I was six wins, seven losses. Spence, you were five wins, seven losses. We'll give it another go this week. We're going to pick every game in the NFL against the spread, and we're going to use the Circa Sports Million Contest lines this week again. Spence, let's start off in Cleveland. The Browns are at home again taking on the Eagles. The Eagles, an NFC East team who just uh, is underachieving time in and time out, especially since they won the Super Bowl a few years back. The Browns are home three-point favorite against this number. Spence, you want to start this game off? Eagles at Browns, Browns minus three. It really seems like the Eagles actually have a decent run defense. And we've seen like these weird conditions uh, in for the Browns home games. So I almost just don't want to fall for this again. I'm going to go ahead and take the Eagles, and I feel like I'm going to regret that. But if the conditions are just as bad, this is going to be another ugly game. It's probably going to be close for no reason. And especially if the Eagles can keep that run defense going, they can probably 
you know, get a field goal and this will be like a six to three game or something like that. Spence, I'm actually with you on this one. I think the Eagles find a way to bounce back. Carson Wentz has got a lot of scrutiny over the past month on his play. Uh, I think he has a bounce back game in this spot. And I think they get the outright win in Cleveland, beating the Browns, a team who I've told you from day one uh, is smoke and mirrors. They're six and three. I don't think they're as good as their record. We'll see if the Eagles can knock them off and get back in the win column. We're both on the Eagles plus the three in this game. Falcons travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints in an NFC South matchup. Jameis Winston looks to get the start in favor of Drew Brees, who's out with an injury. Saints are sitting in the Circa Contest Millions line as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Saints minus four-and-a-half, Spence. I'm going to ride with Jameis and the Saints. I think they play better here in the next few weeks with the new quarterback and, and adding Taysom Hill into the mix for some more touches. I'm going to take the Saints minus four and a half. This is my uh, money line play of the week. I think the Falcons actually get an outright win in this game. And I, I, I've been talking about the Falcons all season. And I think getting rid of McKinley, as crazy as it sounds for a guy who's had a decent amount of production, is better for their locker room. So I think Atlanta scores a lot of points here. And I think Jameis has a few turnovers, probably two interceptions in his full time in his first start. While Spence going with the Falcons with the outright upset here against the Saints. Next one, Spence, the Lions travel to Carolina to take on the Panthers. I'm not sure Teddy Bridgewater's status. It looks like he may be a go. Panthers are a one-and-a-half-point favorite against the Lions. It's a tough one to pick, Spence. The Lions had a win last week at the Horn with a 59-yard Matt Prater field goal. They let a big lead go. Matt Patricia – He's going to be gone after this year. A guy that's supposed to hone in on being a defensive coach. Their defense has been terrible. This is a tough one, Spence. You start this one off. Uh, Panthers one and a half point favorite. I'll tell you that Teddy Bridgewater is unlikely to play. Unlikely to play. So with that being said, I would love to take the Panthers here, but with an injury like that, uh, and they're also going to be missing Christian McCaffrey. If the Lions lose this game, I will lose my mind. Spence going with the Lions. Spence, I was with you until you just told me that Teddy Bridgewater probably won't play. That means P.J. Walker will get to start. Uh, he was the XFL MVP if they were to crown one. And I think he starts off strong at home. I'm going to go with P.J. Walker and the Panthers, minus one and a half, since Spencer the Wiz broke the news that Teddy Bridgewater will not play. Give me the Panthers. Next one, Spence. Wow. New England travels to Houston to take on the Texans. They're a road two-point favorite. Patriots have rolled off a couple nice wins here after dropping a few. They're a road two-point favorite. Start us off, Spence. Patriots, Texans. The Texans are an absolute garbage franchise who will be bad for the next five years. And it does look like the Patriots are gaining a little bit of momentum as time goes on. That was a big win against Baltimore in ugly rain conditions. So there's no reason they won't be able to dominate this game defensively uh, and also be able to put up points against a Texan team that has basically no talent on it. I'm going to go for the Patriots here for like the first time in a long time, it feels like. Yeah. Spence, uh, I want to agree with you. Don't ask me why I'm not, but I feel like this is one of those weird games where the Texans win when they're not supposed to. I'm going to take the Texans plus the two. Uh, Steelers, I can see it, though. I can see it. Steelers at Jaguars. Steelers a 10-point road favorite. Uh, you know how I feel about the Steelers. They are lucky to beat the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. 
they destroy and dominate the Bengals the week after. Are you going to lay the 10 points on the road, Steelers, Jaguars, Spence? Jake Lutton stinks. He's a bad quarterback, and if anyone's going to expose that, it's going to be the Steelers. Now, I know Gilbert did do that against them. That just was one of those things where the Steelers had almost too much pressure on them to blow them out. But this is a this is a horrible Jaguars team. Don't let it fool anybody. Uh, the Packers defense stinks. Uh, they're terrible. Uh, the Steelers defense is not the same way. They're going to be able to cause a lot of turnovers and basically, you know, win like I thought they would against <laughs> the Cowboys. So hopefully I'm not crying wolf and I'm just saying the same thing. And it'll be another close game, but I don't suspect it to be. Well, Spence, I'm fooled because I've been against Jacksonville a lot of weeks uh, or, or I've been for them and they get destroyed um, against them and they almost win. So I'm torn what to do. But you you convinced me. You're telling me the Jaguars stink, Lutton stinks. I'll go Steelers minus 10, even though I don't want to. I'll do it this week. Packers traveled to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. The Colts, a one-and-a-half-point favorite against the Packers. I really want to go Packers' money line here, but my gut keeps telling me that this is a spot the Colts are going to get the win. I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to take the Colts minus one-and-a-half. Yeah, I think this is an absolute blowout. I think the Colts take care of business, and the run game for the Colts finally seems to be gaining momentum, and I think they continue it here, and I think they get a huge win, a big statement win. The next game, Spence, the Cincinnati Bengals travel to – Travel to FedEx, I believe it's FedEx Field in Washington, to take on the fo- Washington football team. Alex Smith under center again. You know how much I'm an Alex Smith fanboy, but not in this spot. Bengals get the upset win, plus the one and a half. I'll take the Bengals to win outright on the road against the Washington football team. Spence? Yeah, I'm also a fan of this. I think the Bengals won't play nearly as bad, and I, I think Joe Burrow will be pretty fired up because he we know he has the juice, so anybody, anybody who has the juice is not going to be looking – to be uh, getting killed twice. This is a winnable football for game, football game for them. I know Washington actually seemed to be gaining a lot of momentum, but that is the Lions defense we're talking about. I'll, I'll stay with you on this one. I think the Bengals can get a win here. Spence, the next game, Tennessee traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The Ravens have been a, in a bit of a slide here lately, but they're a home six-point favorite on the Circus Sports Million Contest line. Titans, Ravens, Ravens minus six. Titans handed them a big loss in the playoffs last year. Is it a little revenge spot? I'm not sure, but I think the Titans need to bounce back. They haven't been playing their best football as of late. I like Mike Vrabel as a coach. Uh, You've talked about it a lot, Spence, about Lamar Jackson not being the passer that they want him to be. I'm going to take the points. Give me the Titans plus six here. Yeah, that sure seems like too many points for a game that almost, I feel like the Titans could easily be favored in. Lamar Jackson is close to being exposed, very close. He's, he's been bailed out for a few weather games. You can give that excuse for him. But if they're able to contain him and just force him to throw the football, which is easier said than done, obviously, the guy's ultra-athletic, one of the most athletic in the league, I, I think the Titans can easily win this game. So we're, we're in alliance there. We both like the Titans. Is that right? That's correct. Next, coming off a of bye week, the Cowboys look to have Andy Dalton back as they travel – to U.S. Bank Stadium to take on the Vikings. Vikings have won three straight, all in division in the NFC North. I am not a believer, Spence. I am not back on the bandwagon. The Vikings are still dead to me. This is a huge number for a team that's only got four wins. Give me the Cowboys plus seven against the Vikings. Spence? Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. Connection keeps dropping out for a second. But uh, 
No, I think I think you're lying to yourself. I think you're upset. I think you're letting your emotions pick it once again. I think the Vikings actually absolutely take care of business here. There's no reason that they're not going to have like a 34 point performance. Uh, and I, I don't think the Cowboys. Andy Dalton is he doesn't look very good. Let's let's just go there. I'm going to go for the Vikings here. I think they win by 20 points. You're you're crazy. Here, here's the thing: C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. Uh, the Cowboys have receivers. The Vikings don't have anybody that can cover them. We'll see if Andy Dalton can get them the ball. Uh, the Vikings, don't let them fool you, everyone. They're, they have the Cowboys, then they have the Panthers, and then Jacksonville. Three games they should win that would give them a six-game winning streak. It's not going to happen. They're going to lose one of those games, and one of those games could be this Sunday against Dallas. Uh, the next game in the lineup, the Kansas City Chiefs travel to Allegiant Stadium to take on Spencer the Wizards, Las Vegas Raiders. Chiefs in the Circus Sports Million Contest line are an eight-point favorite. I think the Raiders have the Chiefs number, man. I like I like John Gruden. I like the coaching matchup. He knows Andy Reid really, really well. I'm going to take Gruden in the coaching matchup. Give me the Raiders plus eight, Spence. Well, I don't know if you – I'm sure you've heard of this maybe. I don't know if it will sway your opinion just in case you haven't, but almost the entire Raiders starting defense was put on the COVID-19 list. Now, that doesn't mean they're all going to be out, but it also means they're not. They're going to have a, basically a full week of no practice preparing for the Chiefs. Wow, if the Chiefs lose this one, this would I have lost faith in the Chiefs for sure. So I, I'm going to go for the Chiefs in this. I would love to see them lose again, personally, obviously, but I, I think they're going to start gaining so much offensive momentum. They, they did score that many points. Uh, they basically had a shootout with Carolina, and I just don't have any confidence that the Raiders can score as much. I don't think they'll be able to keep up. Derek Carr has looked terrible on third down, even though they blew out the Broncos. I feel like that was a story that got shook under the rug because they were so dominant on defense. But I don't I don't suspect Kiwatowski, Jeff Heath, and Nicholas Morrow to have the games of their life again. And especially when they haven't they're not going to be able on the field practicing. So I'll take the Chiefs here. Spence, am I allowed one mulligan? Can I backtrack? Yeah, of course. Okay, I'm gonna back I, well, I'm gonna in case you didn't know that. I'm going to backtrack and I'm going to cancel my Raiders pick and I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to fill in the chiefs. I'm going to take the chiefs like Spencer and I'm going to take the chiefs minus eight. So that's my one mulligan of the week. Next game dolphins travel to mile high to take on the Broncos. This looks like one of those traps, Spence. The dolphins are, are one of the hottest teams in the NFL, clearly a better team minus three and a half dolphins, a road favorite. I cannot go against the team that is hot. Dolphins are hot and have covered week in and week out. Uh, I think they've won five straight. Give me the Dolphins minus three and a half. I'm going to take them too. And it, it just, it feels like when I say it out loud, it's just going to be, it's they're going to fall apart. Like I'm predicting all season. They're just waiting for me to pick them. So I'm, it's basically like their <laughs> franchise is just waiting on me. So I, I'm going to just take, I'm going to take the obvious one here. I didn't take the obvious one last night. Uh, come on, Dolphins. Please don't let me down this week after all this time of what I've said. We're both on the Dolphins, Spence. Uh, the 0-8 or 0-9 Jets, who the believer has a ticket on them to go 0-16. This may be their best shot, Spence, against the 2-7 and Chargers. Benny Superfly's Chargers. Benny likes the Jets, plus the 7. Well, you're getting plus 8.5 in the Circus Sports Million contest line. This can't be the week for the Jets. No Darnold. Joe, Joe the moron Flacco, who absolutely blew the game with all my savings on the line against the Patriots, who I took the Jets in-game. 
to just the win when they're up 10 going into the fourth quarter and they possess the ball for one minute. The Jets are a joke. Joe Flacco's a joke. Adam Gase is an idiot. This is the worst team maybe to ever take a field. And the NFL, uh, give me the Chargers, minus 20. Chargers, get a win. <laughs> minus 20. No, I think the Chargers win this game 27 to 3. Uh, don't Let's not be fluked and think that uh, suddenly the Jets are going to be an offensive juggernaut. It is the Chargers, so if any team's going to do it, it will be them. I just think that the Chargers are going to be be able to score way more points than the Jets. The Chargers' defense hasn't looked as good as it should be, but their offense has been on par every single week. I don't think they've been I don't think they've been stunted at all during this time. Spence, you you got to be a believer in my Jets zero and sixteen ticket. You don't see a win on that schedule, do you? Well, I thought they were going to beat the Patriots. That's where I said they would, and well, I mean. I was close. I was very close. <laughs> well, where's your close again? They're done. They got no shot, right? Who was left on the schedule? No, they could beat? I think I think that's it. I, if they were going to win a week, I said it was going to be against the Patriots, and I because I thought they were going to fire uh, Adam Gase going into the bye week, but uh, they're not going to fire you that moron. They're going to keep him on the damn step. They should have. They would have. They would have won that Patriots game if they had fired and put anybody with a brain on, side, on that sideline. Anybody, Spence. So you you pretty much think it's a lock, right? Oh, it's sixteen. No shot for the Jets. <laughs> It feels like it. I don't, I don't see right. where they get a win. Yeah, that's it. Last game, Spence, on the schedule, the Rams, after a nice win last week, they traveled to Tampa to take on the Bucks. Brady and the Bucks minus four against the Rams. I don't – how do the Rams not win this game? I, the Tampa Bay Bucks haven't really shown up in a big spot this season. So I've been on the Bucks a lot, and I was last week. I think the Rams are a good football team. I think they can just – go money line on this i think they can win the game outright so i see no reason that jared goff won't be able to run all the ball all the way up and down the field like carolina did without christian mccaffrey maybe this is a trap game but i'm gonna take the rams spence i'm with you i, I think the rams and sean McVay out coach bruce arians and the bucks i think aaron donald and company get to brady and i, I think they cover that number give me the rams as well plus four uh, that's our Thursday night pick segment, Spencer the Wiz, Brad the Believer. Got a few minutes left, Spence, before we sign off. Spence is burning on a little something here, so let's get to this it. This really pisses me off. Uh, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was trying to play the segment. I don't know if it's not working, but... Uh, that's wrong. So, okay, I spent about three hours a day driving. I... Here we go, Spence. I, okay. Yeah, I spend about three hours a day driving, so I'm on the road a lot. I, I live in Pahrump. My commute to work is about an hour and 10, hour and 20 minutes, depending on where I'm going. And I'm on the highway a lot. So I, I understand when people drive, you know, 64, maybe 63 miles per hour, you, you kind of let your foot off the brake, you don't realize it, and you're just kind of driving down the highway. But when I, when I see people going like 50 in a 70 or 55, and I'm not talking about trucks. Obviously, trucks sometimes don't even allow their cars to go that fast. There's a limit on them. I know that for my parents who are truck drivers now. That's not the problem. I'm talking about the dudes in small cars like me. Today, it was a great example. This is what really upset me. So I'm driving behind this guy. He, I'm going 70. The speed limit is 70. I'm going that limit. This guy's going 50 miles per hour. There's no reason. It's a small car. Could definitely go 70 miles per hour. So the real issue comes in when... This guy thinks I'm running him off the road. He like pulls over in dramatic fashion. I'm like, you should just go be, you should just be going 70 miles per hour. Like, what are you waiting for? I'm not, first of all, I'm not an aggressive driver. I'm not tailing you. I'm just coming up behind you. Why are you pulling over? Like you're going to flip your car over. Just go the speed limit. What, what reason are you in your car driving slow? 
it doesn't make any sense. And the other day I was driving down the road too. And what do you know? I'm in the left lane driving 75 miles per hour, five, five miles over the limit. This guy going 55 in the lane over cuts in front of me. And now I have to, a, a huge brake stop. I was pretty scared. I mean, the guy really cut, cut me off here. And then I'm like, oh, there's probably an accident. The guy just had to get over an emergency. Lo and behold, I get to the right lane. There's nothing. It's just open road. And this guy is just doing this for no reason other than to upset me. So please, people, I think it's because of this massive influx from California where people just have no idea how to drive. I blame all of them. And it upsets me very much. Everyone in Las Vegas has forgotten how to drive during this pandemic. And hopefully when this uh, virus goes away, people can learn to just go to the limit I'm asking for. Spencer the Wiz with a little road rage action today, or he's frustrated on the roads. Uh, Spence, I've got a a story to share with you. It's got to be off the air, unfortunately, because uh, it's not my shiningest moment, but it involves a little rage on the believer side. And I'll share that with you uh, (laughs) some other time, maybe in the book, the believer book, I'll share the story, but I'm not going to share it uh, on uh, my podcast, but uh, it's quite the doozy, Spence. So I'll make sure to to let you know about that um, here the next time we meet up. But look, another great Thursday show in the books. We'll see how our picks do this weekend. College football as well. Hopefully a few teams get back on the field that missed games last week. And if you missed any part of the show, make sure on your way to work, on your way home from work, you check out the Rest Stop podcast. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Audio Boom. Just search Landry Football Conference Call on the Rest Stop underneath underneath there. Also, download the Twitch app. Uh, LandryFootball.com. The rest stops underneath there. So give us a like, subscribe, and my YouTube channel, Brad the Believer. Check that out as well. So for Spencer the Wiz, I'm Brad the Believer. Have a great weekend. Win some money. And we'll see you back live on Tuesday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. Have a great night, everyone. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.